think it's really impressive to be able to work in ministry fair, pumpkins, and theologically sound reasoning into a children's sermon. So yay, amen. <laughs> Today's gospel reading is the very end of a much longer passage of text. Just imagine that you were one of the people in the crowd. Put yourself there. It's been a long day. Jesus has been teaching for quite some time. Those gathered are sinners, tax collectors, Pharisees, as well as the disciples and apostles. In one sitting, Jesus has shared the parables of the lost sheep, the lost coin, the prodigal son, the dishonest manager, the story of the rich man and Lazarus, as well as a fairly lengthy discourse on the law and the nature of the kingdom of God in one day. And he's still going. So finally, here we are at the end of all of that. I mean, that's a lot of stuff, right? And the beginning of our text today says that the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. The most faithful followers among the crowd have heard all that Jesus has said, and their response is an imperative demand for him to fix things. Give us more faith. Their demand is an appeal for what they lack and they know they need. They've heard all of the stuff that he shared, and they realize they do not have enough. For Luke, the disciples and apostles are people who struggle to follow Jesus. They sometimes lack faith. They are often confused by Jesus. And they see that they are lacking. But rather than asking for help, they demand a solution. I love this characterization because it helps me remember that all of us are just like these disciples when it comes to our own faith journeys. We get confused. We make wrong conclusions. We have to ask the same questions over and over again. Sometimes we lack faith. And if you are anything like me, then you have found yourself a time or two making demands of God because you get impatient, and you want the answers, and you want the fix, and you want it now. Thank you very much. The author of Luke was clearly focused on telling a good story. It's a a good story, right? The whole arc of the book of uh, the Gospel of Luke. Every book in the Bible has an agenda, and Luke's is not just to document the life of Jesus, but to show the larger arc of his life, death, and resurrection in such a way as to keep those listening eager to know what happens next so that they keep right on reading into his sequel, the book of Acts. Luke wants to make sure we see our why our own discipleship is necessary through detailed focus on the foundation of the early church in Acts. And that book really only makes sense if we are captivated by the story as it begins with the life of Jesus. So our text today starts with this demand for Jesus to take a specific action that the apostles clearly feel they require, and Jesus' response is one of annoyance and frustration. 
The Lord replied, If you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. In English, it doesn't sound all that bad. But in Greek, the syntax used in this verse indicates a tone of really pretty intense irritation. Like, really guys? Really? We've been here all day. Do we have to go over this again? I've been teaching to the whole crowd, and now even my closest followers are showing that they don't understand the thing I said. The imagery used by Jesus was well known to the apostles. If you had even a tiny amount of faith, you would have mighty power, but you don't have even that. A mustard seed is tiny, it grows into something large. The mulberry tree has very deep roots and hard wood, making it almost impossible to uproot. This response is a rebuke, reminding those who have asked that even the tiniest amount of faith yields enough power to speak change into existence. This is meant as a reference to Genesis and to God speaking the world into existence. Jesus goes on to further illustrate his point by using a metaphor that centers on slavery, which makes most of us want to completely ignore it and the deeper point. Certainly my instinct is to shy away from it. I don't want to cause harm or fall into the trap of talking about the differences between slavery in the ancient world and slavery in America's past as though any form of enslavement was friendlier or less harmful. Slavery has always been and always will be a form of evil in our world. And yet, while the metaphor is deficient, the deeper meaning is important, so let us engage with it gingerly and try to see what we can learn here. Jesus is admonishing his disciples for expecting any reward for being his followers, even the reward of increased faith. What Jesus is essentially saying here is that the reward for doing the work of ministry well is the opportunity to do more work. Having completed a task and service to God is the end result. That's what we should be searching for. This is not how most of us live today. Our 21st century expectations for a job well done is usually some form of instant gratification. We want praise, we want a reward, such as a salary increase, or likes on our post, or bonus points in a game, or any number of other forms of gratitude. I can relate to this, I'm not immune from that. There are plenty of days when I want kudos for just doing all of the things that are required for me to live as a productive adult in this world, as a responsible person. This passage tells me that I am meant to live counterculturally, not expecting any reward or praise, but just doing it. Because it is what is mine to do. Jesus is rebuking all of us, telling us that all we need is an infinitesimal amount of faith to do great works. 
This is in direct opposition to the prosperity gospel, which tells people that belief is rewarded with material wealth as a sign of God's favor. This in turn leads people who subscribe to this type of thinking to conclude that those without material wealth must somehow be deficient in their faith. And Jesus is telling us very, very clearly here that this is not how God works. There is a harsh edge to this message, but also a great deal of hope. All we need is a tiny bit of faith. We do not need to know all or any of the answers. We do not need to be without doubts. All we need is a spark of faith of the tiniest bit inside of us. That spark can work wonders in the world, not because we will ever reap reward from it, but because we are here to do this work, to help make the kingdom of God more and more visible in the world around us. In the earlier service today, we celebrated two more baptisms. It's been a good couple of weeks for baptisms. Two more wonderful children of God who have found this tiny spark inside themselves and are stepping in and have stepped into the circle of God's love, standing alongside all of us. None of us knows how to do this perfectly. We might even find ourselves asking Jesus to fix things for us like the disciples did. But the good news for all of us is that that question did not keep those people from being the apostles. Sure, Jesus had a tough word for them, but they were still his closest friends, those who walked with him all the way to death and beyond. And as Luke wants us to remember, these are the ones who founded the church. These people, imperfect as they were, are the ones that eventually became the earliest Christians. This is excellent news for us. A welcome to all of us to step forward in faith, knowing that we are not enough, ever enough on our own. But also trusting through faith that that is, in fact, exactly what we need. Amen.